today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. that we would deny ungodliness and worldly lust, that we live our lives soberly and righteously and godly in this present age, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. It'll be a mission possible, but only as you and I submit ourselves to the Lordship and the direction of Christ. Do you ever feel like it's impossible to live righteously? In today's message from Pastor David, he encourages us that as we submit ourselves to Christ and His teaching, the mission impossible becomes possible. When we live by His Spirit and follow His direction, we are able to take on godly living. As Christians, we are to do away with ungodliness and worldly lusts. We are to live our lives sober-minded and zealous for doing His good works. With Christ, we can make this mission possible. Now here's Pastor David with part two of his message, Mission Possible. Larson, in his commentary from the Holman Commentary on the book of Titus, he writes this. He says that older women are not to be addicted to much wine. This is the parallel to self-control about which the men were instructed. Drinking seems to have prevailed among older women within that society, but the Christian was to follow a higher standard. She was to be controlled by God's spirit and not by wine. She was to break ranks with common habits and values and exceed them by living a life of restraint, honor, and usefulness. In other words, in contrast to being controlled by alcohol or even today controlled by drugs or other prescription or other types, the older women were to be teachers of good things. They were to admonish the young women in the list that he gives for them. Paul gives Titus a positive direction of instruction for these older women. With the same need that's seen in the church today, Paul is directing him for the women of Crete. But it's no different than what we need also today. Paul is telling him that the older women had a very important role in the church. That important role is as mentors and as teachers of younger women. And he lists no less than seven different areas that these older women could be assisting with the younger women. First of all, if they are married, they should be true lovers of their husbands. That's the understanding that it's not just simply an an outward way, but also a a deep, full, and, and complete love for their husbands. And I know for some of you women, it's a greater challenge than for others. I understand that. 
but yet still in Christ and by the Spirit of God. Understanding really the depth of the meaning when it says that we are to become one flesh. It's much more than just the physical union. It's the physical, it's the emotional, it's the spiritual union of the two together being one flesh. He says that they are to be lovers of their children, taking a full, an earnest interest in the physical, emotional, and spiritual welfare and well-being of their children, not just simply setting them in front of a a television or a video or or just dealing with uh, uh, electronics all day long, but taking an interest and a part in the lives and the upbringing of the children. He says that they were to be discreet or, once again, having self-control or control of self. Not led by the passions of the flesh or or the enticements of of the world that's all around, that's continually drawing and, and pulling them. It's all too easy to be drawn into the world's way of thinking rather than making that determination within our hearts and minds of saying, no, I will not be drawn into that. I will seek after the face of God in my life. The idea of being chaste or, or pure. It's, again, it's all a part of that having control of self. And it means being a pure mind and, and pure heart. Christian wife is to be true, true to her faith and to her husband in mind and heart as well as in action. Every aspect of her life, pure and chaste. Then he says this one about homemakers, busy at home and Some of you women who work outside the home said, now, wait a minute, you're not going to tie me down to the four walls of my little shack. There's no way that's going to happen. I've been working outside. Understand what he's speaking here. Not as a prisoner of their own home, but a caring for the home is the idea. That idea that they are the guide or the manager of the household affairs. Paul, again, when he wrote to Timothy in chapter 5 of 1 Timothy, He says that they ought to manage their house. And again, I I believe that the wise husband allows the wife to manage the affairs of the household. That is the calling of God in their life. It says also that these young women should be good or kind. Again, not an ongoing harshness or, or bitterness or a meanness in her care for her home or in her relation to her husband or her care for the children, but just as the Proverbs 31 wife declares that she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. That's the idea. That's the thought that he speaks about there. The seventh one, you know where we're going with this. He says, obedient to their own husbands, or some of your versions even say, subject to their husbands. And some right now in your mind, your hands are on your hip, and you say, are you kidding me? Do you know the guy that I married and what's turned out? But let me share this with you. If we are to follow the plans and the directions of God's word in our lives, You can't get around the fact that it was God that appointed and ordained men to be the head of the home. And that's not because of man's superiority. It's not because of man's great wisdom and talents and abilities, but simply because that's God's design and that's God's plan. The equality of the sexes doesn't negate the distinctiveness of the sexes. God made men, men for a reason. God made women, women 
for a reason. And the more that you and I recognize that and live our lives toward that, the more I believe that God is going to be able to use us in the fullness. The unfortunate reality is, here in our culture, and it's been this way now for decades, we feel that we know better than God's plan for all the ages. And so we begin changing things. And too many people today, they feel that, that in our current culture, there needs to be a change to the design that God put into place way back in the garden. That was thousands of years ago. Surely we've changed by now. But the problem is, I believe our culture, I believe our families, and yes, even individuals are suffering because of it. I, I, I know that the, the flipping of, of God's plan and rearranging the order that God put in place isn't the only reason for the downfall of our current culture. I understand that, but it certainly hasn't helped either. I also know that where there is true love and a full commitment to Christ and to each other by both parties, that there's very few problems or difficulties that cannot be worked out together in that husband and wife relationship, working together for the glory of God. We as believers, and particularly those that are married, we've got to work these things out because even as Paul tells Titus there, he says, you do this that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And that blaspheming comes from a non-believing world as they look at the situation, and again, the situation within the church being not a whole lot different than that of the world. It's a sad declaration. It's a sad reality that we see in our culture today. Well, Paul goes on to give instruction for dealing with young men that are within the church. He says in verse six, likewise, Exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say about you or to say of you. Sober-minded, again, that comes with the idea of healthy-minded, uncorrupted. The young men shouldn't let their minds be corrupted by the things of the world. And how easy that is today, particularly in our modern age. Now, it's always been available, but I believe that it's available even more today for young men to get corrupted by the things of this world, that their minds, their hearts, their actions, their attitudes go away from the things of God and move toward the things of the flesh. Being careful, he says, that they remain sober-minded, uncorrupted, unshackled, unaffected. They need to be strong and healthy-minded. He says, show yourself to be a pattern of good works and Guys, the, the believer's normal course of action, the way that we live our lives should be a pattern of good works, amen? We ought to be the ones in our neighborhoods that they know those are good people over there. Those are people that are caring people. We ought to be the people within our community that people look at us within our workplaces, wherever we are, that people know and understand we are giving, we are laying down a pattern of good works. As a matter of fact, the Greek word that's used there for a pattern actually has the original meaning of an impression 
that's made by a die. In other words, like in, in a, a machine shop, you would have a sheet metal there and you would press into that metal a, a die and it would leave a permanent form or, or pattern on that. And that's what you and I are to do. Yes, this is to young men, but even as I said before, these characteristics go across the board, that our lives ought to leave an impression for the world that we live in. Living lives of integrity, integrity of our life and actions, integrity of our doctrine. He says, in doctrine, showing integrity. The truth of God's word, again, would direct their life, and there'd be nothing within his life that someone could cast a claim on, and it would stick. I've shared this with you before, but again, it's that idea of living our lives to where there's not, well, he's got this problem in his life and she has this attitude in her life and oh, I've seen them do this. And so suddenly there's all these appendages that are sticking out. And so when a claim comes against us, all they got to do is throw it our way and suddenly it finds places to stick in our lives. Oh yeah, because I've seen them do that before. I've seen that action before. I've seen that attitude before. Our lives ought to show integrity so that when a claim comes against us, there's nowhere it's going to stick because our lives show so much difference. Speaking again in doctrine, showing reverence. Again, a, a full understanding. Those things that need to be serious in thought. Doesn't mean we can't have fun. Doesn't mean we can't go out and enjoy a ball game now and then, have, have, have fun in times with family and friends. But again, also knowing where the time of seriousness and focus needs to come in. A doctrine showing incorruptibility, not allowing, again, the the things of the world to to creep in, to penetrate and to infect us, either in our own integrity or in our teachings or in our doctrines. He says in doctrine showing sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say against you. How do we live our lives? How do we live our lives to the world outside? When the world looks at us, could a claim be made in your life? It says, oh, yeah, that's the kind of person he is. I've seen that in his life before. That's the kind of person he is. Is that a good way or in a bad way? Finally, Paul turns his instruction to those who, who were believers and yet still under the yoke of slavery. Again, a a very real or very present situation within the Roman Empire. Verse 9, he says, Exhort the bondservants to be obedient to their masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Even in that position of of, of servitude or of slavery, the believer who is a servant of God, Paul is saying they should live their life, his life, her life, in obedience, yes, to their masters, living out in their flesh the reality of the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. All of this. The older men, the mature women, the younger men, the the younger women, and even the slaves. We, we read through this, and all of it, I know, it sounds like it's a mission impossible. How in the world can we live up to those 
things. How in the world can we continue to live that standard? Yet the fact is, when we surrender our lives fully to the power of God working within us, and if we live our lives not according to our own strength, not according to our own abilities, but again, allowing the Holy Spirit of God to help us to walk that walk, to, again, to live that life. Beloved, I do believe that it can be and it will be a mission possible for us. It's when the church begins acting like the church instead of mimicking all the world's standards and all the world's styles. It's it's only then that the world is going to see us and realize that there really is something to that thing called Christianity. It's not just a bunch of holier-than-thous. It's not just a bunch of people going to meeting on Sunday, but it's changed lives that are impacting our culture. When you and I honor God and his word in our lives, in our thoughts, in our actions, our attitudes, then the word says that he will vindicate his word through us. He will exalt his word. He will declare his word through us. It seems to be mission impossible, particularly when we look at our own strength. But by the power of God, through the grace of God, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Guys, it becomes a mission possible. I know that it's a mission possible because God has already said that it is possible. Look at verse 11. He says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So let me ask you this morning, are you continually choosing to live your life in such a way that you are denying ungodliness, and worldly lusts? Is your honest desire in life to live your life soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age? Are you looking for that that, that blessed hope, that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ? If you're anticipating that Jesus is going to come any moment, at any time, Is your life really displaying that and demonstrating that, even in the quietness and the privateness of your life? Paul tells us here that it was Christ who redeemed us. He redeemed us from our our past lives, from every lawless deed, and, 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 and through his precious blood, he's the one that purified us for himself. It was Christ who called us as his own special people. And he is zealous that we would live our lives doing good works. Paul's charge to Titus there on the Isle of Crete. It was among a people of very questionable character. We looked at that earlier. 
It was among a church that was out of order. Things weren't flowing the way that they should be flowing. They, the, the people weren't responding the way that they should respond. They were out of order. He was dealing with a church whose people were self-serving and, and caught up in the ways of the world. Guys, he was dealing with a church just like the church today. Each one of these things, we could say, yeah, in, in areas of the church, and okay, we'll bring it right down home. Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. Questionable character, things out of order, people that are self-serving, caught up in the ways of the world. Come on, if we were honest with each other, we'd say, yeah, we're, we're found there way too many times. Way too many times. Paul charges Titus, verse 15, He says, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority and let no one despise you. So church, for you and I, for the culture that we live in, in the midst of all the confusion that surrounds us and in the limitations of our own dedication, the limitations of our own obedience, your mission should you choose to accept it, is to seek out sound doctrine, to be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith and in love and in patience. And you older women, strive to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine. You ought to be teaching good things. You younger women, You need to love your husbands. You need to love your children. You need to be discreet and chaste. You need to be homemakers, good, obedient to your own husbands, that the word of God would not be blasphemed. Oh, and you young men, you need to be sober-minded. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, being of sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed because they have nothing evil to say about you. You who are employees, you need to be obedient to your bosses. You need to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, adorning the doctrine of God our Savior in all things for all of us all of us together as the body of Christ, that we would deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we live our lives soberly and righteously and godly in this present age, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. It'll be a mission possible, but only as you and I submit ourselves to the lordship and the direction of Christ, allowing him to fill us fresh and new by the empowering of his Holy Spirit. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you desire to please God with every fiber of your life? When you and I turn to him and seek his strength, the weaknesses of our own life are then filled by his strength and by his power. Only as we come to know Christ and as we come to submit our lives to him. Open our hearts.
plays such an important role in our daily decisions. It guides our steps, pointing us toward the paths God knows are best for us. But do we allow it to deeply impact our lives? Pastor David has been encouraging us and challenging us to not only learn the scriptures, but allow them to permeate every part of us. We're blessed to be a part of that in your life with this study in Titus, and we hope that you'll join us again right here on The Open Word. Knowing God's Word is important, as is prayer and fellowship with other believers. All of these build a solid foundation of faith from which we can grow and share the love our Father has for us. If you have yet to find and begin attending a church in your area, we hope you'll do it soon. With that in mind, Pastor David has a special invitation. If you're in the Casa Grande area and looking for a church to attend, I'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. We meet Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and also 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. You can find directions and a little bit more about our church by visiting theopenword.com. At the bottom of the page, you'll find a link for Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. Click on that link and it'll bring you to the church homepage. We're excited to have you as a part of our time in Bible study and fellowship. Our website, one more time, is theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David. While you're at our site, you'll be able to listen to additional messages from Pastor David. Plus, find out more about the ministry of The Open Word. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to join us again to keep learning the Bible with Pastor David and The Open Word.